0: Welcome to step number seven, week number seven of Operation Andrew. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Allie Braun, and I'm the Director of Special Projects at International Commission. And if this is your first introduction to International Commission, or you just need a refresher, everything we do is filtered through our mission of equipping and enabling believers all over the world to share the gospel and make disciples. So we are pro-Great Commission. Our our vision, our mission is focused on sharing the gospel and making disciples. And you've heard me say this over the past couple weeks, but I'm going to share it again. This is not a little commission that God has called us to. It's not Jesus saying, hey, if you feel comfortable telling people about me as you go about your life, that's fine. Um, You know, as long as it fits into your schedule and it's not too much of a commitment and you don't want to seem weirder on your friends, that's fine, don't be weird. But no, that's not what God told us to do. He told us, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age." Jesus said, I am with you always. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. Sure, the world might think we're weird or different, but it doesn't matter because we are here to make disciples who make disciples. So this is week number seven, and we're going to be reviewing step number seven of Operation Andrew. There are only seven steps, but we have eight weeks in the series, so we definitely want you to come back in two more weeks, but this step, the final step we are covering is going to be on discipleship. So um, just to share with you what you can expect to learn from tonight, if you don't already have your Bible and a pen with you, you will definitely need that tonight. So in the next couple minutes, make sure that you have a Bible either on your phone um, or a hardback Bible, but you'll definitely need it for our breakout session. But we're going to be reviewing steps one through six. We're going to be adding on step number seven. You're also going to learn why do we make disciples and how do we make disciples? What does that even mean? So we're gonna share with you the characteristics of discipleship. And one more thing I just wanna share with you about Operation Andrew is, this is a tried and true model that International, International Commission has used for nearly 50 years. It has worked for us all over the world and we're implementing it here in the United States. But above all, regardless of steps one through seven, or, oh, I forgot step number three, we just want you to be sensitive and obedient to the Holy Spirit. So as you're learning these steps and you're implementing them in your life, and we're teaching you a new step every other week, if you feel like you need to stay on step number three longer or step number one, or you kind of go out of order, that's totally fine. This isn't some magic formula, but it is a model we have used that we have seen works. So that is why we're teaching it to you. And if you have any questions, you can always contact our office, but we just always wanna serve as an encouragement and share stories of how this has worked for us around the world and how it can work for you here at home. This isn't just something that works internationally. So as we begin, first, I just want to say thank you again for coming back for people who have been with us over the past few weeks. Welcome to any new participants. Does anyone want to share any stories from the past few weeks of um, an opportunity you had to meet with people on your Operation Andrew list?
1: Yeah, I got to meet with um, a girl, our international student, her name is Lexa. We've been able to share with her um, a few different times. And so um, we're still just praying for she's about to go back to Russia and she's actually going to be staying with us one night um, on Sunday before she goes back and so um yeah just praying for another opportunity to share with her before she leaves and so yep.
0: That's great. Thanks for sharing Brooke let's go ahead and jump into our training. We have a lot to cover and I'm thrilled to introduce to you all Dennis Hammett. Dennis is our area strategy coordinator for Western Europe. So he makes connections all over Western Europe with um associations pastors meets with them shares about international commission and then the pastors can respond as to whether they want to um adopt our model and use operation andrew where they are and dennis helps train them and lead them so what he does is really important especially because western europe is such a difficult area to reach in the world so a little bit about dennis dennis is married to his wife carla and they have three sons nine grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. And Dennis actually has a really unique and wonderful story, and he's giving me permission to share a little bit with you. So um, Dennis is 62 years old, and he came to Christ at the age of 41 after chasing a life of darkness. He felt the Lord's call on his life immediately, but God first put him under the teaching and discipleship of, of some godly people to help um, mold him into the man God needed him to be for full-time ministry. So for those of you on this call, I hope that serves as an encouragement that you are never too old. It is never too late to come to Christ and respond to the call God has on your life. Maybe you have people on your list who are like dennis They're late 30s, early 40s, maybe even in their 50s or 60s, but It's never too late and don't give up hope for those people. Who knows the people in Dennis's life that were praying for him that he may never know about until he gets to heaven. So Dennis and Carla were called to the mission field in their mid fifties. They left their jobs and their previous life behind to serve the Lord in ministry. And they served two years in France. And later Dennis was introduced to international commission through our current president, Bren Edwards in 2018 and Dennis was just blown away by this Operation Andrew model and the International Commission team and just their dedication in sharing the gospel to all nations. So since January of 2018, Dennis has been serving as our Area VP of Western Europe, and we are so grateful for the work he does with this. So everyone welcome Dennis Hammett, and go ahead and take it away, Dennis.
2: Well, thank you, Allie, for that introduction. I really appreciate it, and yes, I was a late bloomer in my Christianity, and yes, I was a very late bloomer being called to missions, <laughs> and, and so uh, people thought me and my wife were crazy because we both had pretty good jobs, making very good money, and we just walked away because we felt the call on our Lord uh, from our Lord very strong, and uh, so it was uh, something very important to us, and so we walked away from that life and. And But you know what? We haven't missed any meals. The Lord has blessed us. We have done, done what we needed to do, and we've had everything we need. We may not have everything we wanted, but we've had everything we need. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm just really excited to be with you guys tonight um, to talk about discipleship, because discipleship is near and dear to my heart. Because I did come to Christ late in life, um, I had some skeletons in my closet, let's say that, uh, that just kept rattling their bones and trying to pull me back to my old life, uh, when I was a baby Christian, but because of like Allie said, because of very godly people, I was taught that I must leave that life behind and walk with Christ and thank goodness for those folks. And, and because of them, they did help mold me into the man that God needed me to be. And I'm very grateful for that and I give the glory to God and I thank all of those people. Um, Anyway, so uh, how about let's review uh, steps one through six. Who can tell me what step one through six are? How about step one? (laughs) Does anybody remember step one? Gary presented and it was names. So that was this, the video we watched about writing down the names on our Operation Andrew card. And here's mine. So I have my card and it got my names that I pray for. And some of them are family and some of them are friends and people that I've met. And I'm still praying for them and uh, still trying to reach them for Christ. But don't give up because a guy prayed for me that I would work with for six years and prayed for me all every day. And I kept. he kept presenting the gospel to me and I kept turning him away. But eventually his prayer soaked in and the Holy Spirit reached my heart and saved me. So never give up. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. All right, step number two. Does anybody remember though what that one was?
3: You show them the card.
2: That's right, Mr. Mark. Show them the card. There you go. And we tell them that we're praying for them. So it was show and tell. Very good. How about step number three? Ask for specific prayer requests. Very good. Perfect, Mr. Wilcox. That's excellent. Very good. Yes, sir. Ask what you can be praying for them for. And that is part actually part of discipleship we, we learned tonight. And step number four.
1: Share.
2: Very good, Brooke. Very good. Hey, by the way, I think Brooke did that one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep, I did. <laughs>
2: it was very good. It was excellent, Brooke. You did a great job. Yes, we are just, that's exactly right. And step number five. It was presented by Miss Laura Malati. Invite invite very good excellent man what a class tonight there you've got some (laughs) sharp ones on here and step number six presented by mr scott mays
3: set up a visit
2: yep Schedule. schedule schedule a visit with the people you're praying for actually that is excellent very very good all right all right we got that how about that Allie? Okay. Perfect. Uh, Did we lose you, Allie? There you are. All right. Okay. So we got those down. So uh, we ready to move on. Okay. So, so far in this series, we've covered the first six steps we just talked about the process of Operation Andrew. In this presentation, we're going to be talking about discipleship. And as you've heard, It is very, very important to me, and I'm very excited to be able to talk about this tonight. We'll look at what discipleship is, when discipleship actually begins, and some of the best ways to disciple new believers. And we will learn about teaching new disciples to grow in Christ. And for those of you who have never seen this before, and some of you probably haven't, This is the three stages of the Operation Andrew project. And you'll see the first stage there is prayer and preparation. That's for the local church. That's when the church starts filling out their cards and praying for people and ministering to those people and talking to them and showing and telling. That is that first 45% of the the project. The second 10% is the evangelistic visitation part, where we actually go and do the visits. With the, uh, with the people we've been praying for. Um, and so this is where we've been spending all that time praying and preparing their heart to receive the seed of the gospel. And we go and visit with them and share the gospel with them. And if the Lord wills and God calls them, then they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior. That's our hope and our prayer. And then the final part is the continued discipleship. Now you'll notice it talks about an ongoing process. So the circle around continued discipleship and the arrow pointing back to the beginning is what I added, a little of my own artwork, to show that discipleship begins the first time you speak to or show an unbeliever about the love of Christ. Okay, so the first time you show that Operation Andrew card to them and you tell them you're praying for them, you're setting an example of what it is to be a Christian and, and to walk with Christ because you're showing them the love of Christ. You have planted a seed that will continue to grow. So let's call it a progressive process. You make a list of 10 on the OA prayer card and start praying for these souls. You tell the person you're praying for them and ask what you can pray for them about. Isn't that discipling? Aren't we showing them by example what it looks like to act like a believer? Yes, we've already begun to teach them. That is the very essence of discipleship, teaching them what we've learned. Let's take a quick look at the definition of a disciple. So what is a disciple? Well, the American Heritage Dictionary says, one who embraces and assists in spreading the teachings of another. And the Collaborative International Dictionary of English says, one who receives instructions from another a scholar, a learner, especially a follower who has learned to believe in the truth of the doctrine of his teacher, an adherent in doctrine. So we see these definitions from a worldview, and they're pretty spot on. A disciple is one that is a learner and a teacher or a receiver of instruction. One might look at this and say, wait a minute, shouldn't they They shouldn't be following my doctrine. and well, Yeah, you would be right. You might be thinking, I don't want them to follow me. I want them to follow Christ. And you would be right again. But we do want them to follow Jesus, and I want them to have a grasp of what that means to do so. We're helping them to learn to live for Christ. Let's have a look at ways we can do that. Okay, so what are the best resources for teaching new believers? I get this question all the time when I talk to church leaders overseas and here as well. Uh, so does someone here in the group have a, a good example of a resource they like to use for discipling? The Bible's the best. Amen, brother. Anybody else?
0: I was just going to say, I've gone through, um, various topical Bible books with people. Um, if they want to learn about forgiveness or love or the fruits of the spirit, then I'll find a book on that topic and we'll read through that together.
2: Excellent very very good okay that is another good resource anybody else
1: dennis one of the very first that i ever learned and still use and reference the the thought is the wheel by the navigators ah
2: yes
1: our team team at ic knows this but it is a very simple picture of the balance and obedient christian life and it's always been a great visual
2: image for me so that's an excellent one yeah and lifeway has some good resources as well but for me, like Jim Wilcox, it's, it's quite simple. It is the Bible. It is the absolute word of God. Jesus is the word come to life. John 1.14 says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Personally, I always start a new believer in the book of John. That's my preference. Uh, it's a story of who Jesus is and our relationship with him through his love. I ask them to read the first few verses, meditate on them, write down questions they might have and then we'll meet and talk about it and pray together for the Spirit to speak to them about it. I believe there are many other good reasons to teach newcomers the faith, but it must be biblically based and grounded in Scripture, just like the ones we were talking about. Um, so there are good tools to use also to study Scripture, and we're going to look at one of those methods uh, when we do the breakout session. <clears throat> okay. So... Again, I'm going I'm to read the verse. I know you've all heard it before, but I'm going to emphasize a couple of things here in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, which is the Great Commission. And it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, disciples of all nations, not converts, disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So new believers are depending on us to teach them. They are depending on us. So our responsibility as the body of Christ is to come alongside new believers and teach them to observe everything Jesus has taught us. Um and to observe everything Jesus has taught us. The beginning of being a true disciple is salvation by placing one's faith in Christ, of course. Once a new believer, the very important part of learning begins. A new believer must rely on, on the faithful to learn how to walk with Jesus. As for me, as I told you in my brief testimony, if it wasn't for those people, who knows what, how long it would have taken me or how I would have ended up. We should not be apprehensive about teaching because Jesus promised he would always be with us. The spirit promised by Jesus should always be our guide in giving instructions. So always pray about that. Pray, pray, pray about discipling who you're going to disciple and how you're going to disciple. So the next verse I would like to read to you is Hebrews 5.13. Now everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because he is an infant, but solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. Hebrews 5.13. So we also must remember that as new believers, they have not had instruction in how to walk a faithful walk and distinguish between truth and false doctrine very important. Being faithful to the body, the leading, leading Bible study, being involved in small groups, and walking a walk that exemplifies Christ is very important aspect of teaching or discipling. Again, we lead by example. It's easy for new believers to be misled or have been told things that are not true. It happened to me a couple of times. There is, not, there is a lot they won't understand at first, and there is a lot that the world may have taught them about being a Christian that is not necessarily true. At the same time, we are teaching, we might have to unteach some false information they have learned from the world. Keep it simple. Remember, they are babes in Christ and are not ready for me. Okay, so does anyone have a brief story of a time someone might have tried to mislead you with false doctrine? perhaps a Jehovah's Witness or Mormons? Dennis, I've got, I've got one. Okay, go Daisy.
1: Well, I was really uh, very interested in spiritual things when I was 12, 13, 14 years old. My parents attended just a kind of a normal, everyday run-of-the-mill Protestant church in a small Midwestern town. And the teacher of my Sunday school class and leader of the youth group believed that all religions lead to heaven. And oh. so we spent equal time studying Buddhism, Islam, Hinduism, and Christianity, wow. and it really left me very confused. That was in the church, and uh, that was pretty dangerous—dangerous dangerous place to be.
2: Yes, it was. Wow, Daisy, that's uh, that's that's an amazing story. Uh, and you know, uh, unfortunately, it does happen sometimes in our own churches. Uh, They're supposed to be Bible-believing, Bible-teaching churches. And you have people that are put in positions of teaching that have the wrong ideas and they have the wrong teachings themselves. And that's very unfortunate, but it does happen. Anyone else? Well, I'll share a very quick little story that uh, I had uh, when I lived down in Rockport, Texas, uh, I had a group of Mormons, a couple of ladies actually, that kept coming by my house and uh, <laughs> and talking to me about Mormonism. And I listened to their stories. They gave me the Book of Mormon and I gave them a Bible. And they said, well, we have the Bible. And I said, okay, I'll tell you what, you read the Bible that I read and I'll read your Book of Mormon and we'll compare notes. And so they came back. I read some parts of their book and they came back. And so we had more discussions. But Anyway, it, uh, I was able to share with them about Christ. Um, they tried real hard to get me to, to take their point of view, but I refused. But it, fortunately, at this point in my life, I was already a very dedicated Christian, so it didn't have any effect on me. Okay, so moving on. So we are teaching them to walk with Jesus. We're, again, we're setting the example for them to follow. This seems a little intimidating on its face. However, it is scriptural. In 1 Corinthians 11.1, Paul is telling the church at Corinth to imitate him just as he imitates Christ. I think Paul was a pretty good teacher. Uh, I'm no Paul, but I do the best that I can to follow Jesus. Uh, Therefore, if I'm teaching someone, I want them to do the best they can as well. Paul knew his shortcomings and was very forthcoming with, with it as well as he should have been. Uh, The new believer must understand that we are not perfect, but by the grace of God we go. Be very candid about who you are and your failings, but also who we are in Christ is very important. We want them to understand that we are all sinners saved by grace. Who can wash away our sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. 2 Timothy 3.16. I love that verse. Um, so another important aspect of discipleship is teaching good habits. Um, Bible study, prayer, and being connected to the body of Christ to the mainstays of our faith. We should teach them to read their Bible every day, meditate on the Word, and pray. To, pray for God to lead them in and, and lead them in leading others. Yeah, we need to begin at some point to teach them to start te- reaching others for Christ. We are, after all, teaching them to teach. When we teach, we reach. The sooner one experiences the joy of seeing another person come to Christ, the sooner that person becomes a soul winner for Jesus. Sometimes people jump right in and tell everyone they see how Jesus has changed their life. For others, it's very intimidating as it was for me. Discipleship is helping them be confident in their faith. This is how we teach disciples to make disciples. Discipleship is multiplication. That's what we do it for. We want them to multiply. So if we teach two people, they teach two people, and they teach two people, it multiplies very quickly. So would anyone like to share about the first time you witnessed someone to someone, whether it was difficult or whether it was easy, or if it's easy for you or you find it difficult? Would somebody like to share about that?
1: For me, sharing like I mean, sharing used to be really, really hard, and I would butcher it. Um, But and then as I I mean, just like with anything, as you practice and practice, you I mean, you kind of get used to what you're saying. I mean, there's still times whenever I mess up, but Thankfully, it's not really dependent on my words or anything. So now it's, it's fun now to be able to do it.
2: That's awesome, Brooke. Yeah, and that's where it should get to a point where it is fun. Anyone else? In 1956, I was in the Marine Corps in San Francisco and witnessed to a, a fellow Marine. And uh, I was scared to go do it wrong, but he, he did trust the Lord. So uh, there was a blessing to my life. That's awesome. And so you've been doing it ever since, huh, Jim? A bit. Amen, brother. (laughs) Anyone else?
3: Um, My first time, uh, we were in revival in our church, and God put the name of a person on my heart during that morning worship service. And so when the service was over, I didn't say hi, bye to anyone. I just got in my car and went to find this lady. Um, It was amazing that I found her at home alone because her mom really, really was um, watching over her, even though this, she was well of age, but. I got to tell her the story of Jesus and uh, how God loved her and wanted her to be saved. And uh, she prayed to receive Jesus. And I I was so excited, I didn't know what to do then. <laughs> so I put her in the car and we went to find some of the friends that had been praying for her so we could so we could tell. She could tell what had happened to her. Uh, I just remember just being overwhelmed with joy, but I didn't know what to do then.
2: <laughs> well, there, there you go. Sometimes you just got to dive in and do it, huh, burn. <laughs> there you go. That's excellent. All right. So next we're going to look at prior, prayer and Bible study go hand in hand. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So we want to get the new believers plugged into a church, a Sunday school, or a small group on a regular basis. I love Sunday school and small groups. This was instrumental in my learning the Bible and getting to know other believers on a more personal basis. This is where we form long-lasting friendships with brothers and sisters in Christ. And learning to pray with others will help them in their own prayer time. It did me. Prayer is such an integral part of IC. Daisy, I'm going to talk about you a little bit. Daisy Maxie is leads our prayer team at IC. Her and her team of sixty people are vital to our success. They pray around the world every year, and we send her our projects we are working on. And they pray specifically for those as well. Knowing this lifts us up and helps us to fight against the strongholds of darkness. Always keep praying with and for those you disciple. It's about a relationship with Jesus. Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's business is. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. We are teaching them to walk and talk and be in love with Jesus. This is the whole of what we do in discipling. When we fall in love with someone, we want to tell the whole world about them. Help them to know and understand that Jesus saved them so they can continue in the sanctification until the day we stand before the Lord. Remember that they will have ghosts from their past that will continue to haunt them occasionally. Teach them that we have a friend in Jesus that has thrown away their sins as far as the east is from the west. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. We are teaching believers to become part of the body of Christ. So when we teach our children, what are we trying to accomplish? Yep, we want to make them become independent, productive, and responsible members of society. We want the new believers to become part of the body of Christ, to use their gifts God has given them to further God's kingdom and serve. There is no such thing as a loner Christian. We need other brothers and sisters to walk with us and hold us accountable. We want to be part of a family that is eternal. The things of this world are temporal and like yesterday's garbage. The eternal things are a treasure that we have forever. Once they have have this in their heart, they will want others to have it as well. Isn't that the idea? Everything we do is to bring God to glory and grow his kingdom. And John 15, 5 is one of the first verses I memorized. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. It teaches that we must abide in Christ. Teach the new disciples that being a Christian isn't something that is a part-time compartmentalized way of living. It is who we are and a way of life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. He is the way we live. He is our truth and he is our whole life. If we live this way, we bear much fruit. We will know them by, the, by their fruit, he says in Matthew seven sixteen. Teach them to be guilty of being fruit bearers so that there is no doubt about whose they are. And finally, what a joy it is to see disciples make disciples and become teachers of new believers that they get to walk with. So, On the back of your Operation Andrew, if you have the trifold, there's a little statement on the back. that says, discipleship is a life investment. If a person does not accept Christ, please continue to pray for them and cultivate their friendship. When possible, serve them, visit them, call them from time to time, send them a note telling them that you continue to pray for them. Simply stated, be someone who loves them and shows them the love of Christ. Amen. So this is not an instant gratification thing that happens in weeks or months. This is a process that we get to be part of. Just as God allows us to be part of reaching the lost, we also get to be part of teaching. Jesus gave us the spirit to teach us and help us to be teachers as well. Let's get ready to throw those steaks or veggie burgers for some of you on the grill and celebrate Jesus victory over death and darkness with our fellow disciples and to God be the glory. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Okay. So now it's time for our breakout session. So this is what I was talking about earlier about a a really neat little process. And Allie showed this to me. I wasn't even aware of it, but I really like it. Um, So don't be intimidated about teaching. I taught my first Sunday school class when I'd become a Christian for only about two years. And I was terrified. But I've learned more through teaching than I ever would have otherwise. We'll use this breakout session to learn a very easy and great way to study the Bible is called Sword. So we're gonna read John 3 1 through 21 together twice, retell the story as a group in your own words, and answer these questions What do we learn about God? What do we learn about man? And if what this passage says is true, and it is, how are we to respond or obey? Okay.
0: That's right. So everyone, take a minute and write down these steps and these questions so that when you go into your rooms, you remember them so you can just discuss them together. You're going to be in groups of about five or six. So I think this would really um, reflect what a typical small group environment is like, studying the word together and talking about how can I apply this to my life? What do I learn about God? How am I to obey based on this passage? So this is a really simple, reproducible. And like Dennis said, if you're not a good teacher, if you if you feel like you don't have the gift of teaching, this is very straightforward. You don't have to have any special gifts. It's just reading the Bible and answering a few questions amongst yourselves. And I really like the retelling the passage in your own words part, because that really makes you think, do I understand what this is saying? So um, a few of you can share what it means in your own words. So I'm going to go ahead and open up the rooms. You have 10 minutes to discuss in your small groups and review these questions and you will see something pop up on your screens now and you can go to your breakout room. Welcome back, everyone. Does anyone want to share um, some feedback from your experience that you just had? Had had you studied the Bible in that way before? Did you like it? Did you learn anything new? What did you think?
1: Hey, we need ten more minutes. That's what we need.
0: <laughs> did you
1: just <laughs> Yes. Words. <laughs> a long-winded um, evangelist. Oh, well, answers. We had somebody instead of reading verses one through seven, she quoted it all for us. So.
2: Man, that's awesome.
1: Cinderella did that.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, you know what? You can use this structure with any passage or verse in the scriptures. You don't have to use a whole chapter. You can just camp out on John 3.16 or even Genesis chapter 1. Um I actually was challenged to invite a Hindu friend of mine to read the Bible, and I was really nervous because I was like, oh, he's not going to want to do this. It'll, it will it might be weird, but I felt the Holy Spirit convicting me just to ask because there's no harm in asking, and I asked, hey, would you ever want to read the Bible with me sometime, and he said yes, and so I invited him over for brunch one morning with my roommate, and we started at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis one and read the whole first chapter. And he said, that was the first time I've ever read the Bible before. And we use this structure. Okay, what did we learn about God? What did we learn about man from this? Um, And how can we obey based off of what we just read? And it makes a huge difference. um, If you've never used this structure before in your personal um, Bible reading, You can learn a lot. (laughs) What do we learn about God from just this verse? So again, I hope you jotted down these notes um, of these answers and questions that you can ask um, and maybe just use it in your personal life, but we also want you to use this in discipling others.
1: Ali, can I ask you to answer the somewhat obvious question, but not necessarily, why the sword?
0: Well, the sword points toward God. That's the most important thing. That's the tip of the sword. Um, man is at the bottom and we want to obey. That's kind of like the meat of the sword. That's the largest part of the sword. So how can we change our life and live our lives differently based off of what the scripture says?
1: How about also the con- the concept of the sword of the spirit?
2: Bible is the sword, the word of God. Amen. Yeah. Sharper than any
1: two-edged sword.
0: That's right. All right. Now, Dennis is going to close us out with our challenge.
2: Okay. So our challenge is think of someone you know that needs to learn to walk with Jesus. Ask if they'd like to read the Bible with you, just like Allie did with her Hindu friend. You know what? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a lost person. Because as we all know, there's people sitting in the church pews every day who never open a Bible. And they need to be discipled. They need to learn. And, but regardless, whether it's um, a a new believer, unbeliever, or someone that's been in church for a while, it's something that I think you'll be rewarded in doing, and it'll help us all to become better disciples. Absolutely. Thank
0: you, Dennis. Thank you so much for sharing that with us about discipleship. It's multiplication. We want to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. We can't reach every tribe, tongue, and nation without the process of discipleship. God's plan A in reaching the nations is through the body of Christ. And he made a specific plan. It's through discipleship. We can't just rely on one person or a set of people who have a certain set of skills to fulfill the great commission. If you are in Christ, you're a new creation and you're called to go out into the world and share the gospel and make disciples. So keep praying for those people on your list. Be intentional about asking them if they have any prayer requests, praying for them in person, sharing your 15 second story, sharing the gospel with them, inviting other believers to join you in cultivating their relationship and share Christ with them again. And it might not happen In eight weeks, it might take six years, like with Dennis's friend who prayed prayed for him every day for six years, and Dennis finally came to Christ, praise God, through his prayers, and who knows how many others. So as we wrap up this evening, we have one more part left in this series. So even though this is the final step in the Operation Andrew, model we want you to come back in two more weeks to wrap up this series you don't want to miss it we're going to have a very special ending with a special presenter so if you haven't already registered you know where to go on our website internationalcommissionorg training we did revamp our website so if you go on there and it looks a little different that's why but if you're not you can register online under events right where you found it the last time And I do want to give you a sneak peek of our summer series. We're going to be doing a series on how to share the gospel with, and we're going to be highlighting different religions. So we're going to be kicking off on June 10th, how to share the gospel with Hindus. So whether you actually know Hindus in your life, maybe you've never met one, or maybe you've never been overseas to a country where Hinduism is the primary religion. You never know who God may bring into your life who's a Hindu. So we, again, we want to equip and enable you to share the gospel and make disciples with all different people. So you can register for that on our website beginning tomorrow, but just wanna give you a sneak peek of our first one, how to share the gospel with Hindus. And as you've heard me say in previous weeks, we are launching a new branch of our ministry called North America Projects, where we implement the Operation Andrew model right here in our home nation. We're gonna be sending teams to other states to partner with churches there, um, to share the gospel with people who are on their list. They're praying right now for people in their community they want to reach. Or maybe your church, maybe you're a part of a church that you want to receive a team. You want to be intentionally reaching your neighbors so you can request a team to come to you and share the gospel with them. So if you want to learn more about our North America projects, go to our website, internationalcommission.org go. You can apply for our first trip, which is going to be at the end of September, we're going to Missouri, so if you're interested in going to Missouri with us, um, that's where you can apply for free, or if you would like to host a team, let us know through our website. So, in closing, as we always do, right now put the name of one person in the chat who you would like Dennis to pray over, who's on your Operation Andrew list. It can be the same person um, that you put in the chat every week, or it can be a different person. But right now we would like to pray over some of those names. And as you're putting the names in the chat, we are gonna do a giveaway like we do every week. So this week's winner of our IC goodies is Anarella Silva. Congratulations, Annarella, I'll be contacting you to mail you some goodies in the mail beginning tomorrow. So congratulations. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, Dennis, why don't you go ahead and close this out?
2: All right. Thank you, everyone. It was wonderful tonight. Thanks for being here. Let's go to the Lord and lift these up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ and talk about discipling new believers, Lord. And we just thank you for the opportunity we have to share with people. And Lord, my prayer is that we all have opportunities every day to share a little bit of the love with Jesus with those around us. But Lord, today we lift up those specifically on our list. We lift up Lexa. We lift up Matthew, Austin, J.J., Robert, Sandy, George, Kyle, George, Graciela, Crystal, and Ashley and Crystal. Lord, you know every one of these souls. And Lord, our prayer is that you send the Holy Spirit, pierce their heart, Lord, prepare their heart to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord. And we just ask you to prepare them to come to the kingdom and join us. At that final feast of the, the wedding feast of the lamb lord what a joy it will be to see all of those there lord we give this to you and we ask it in jesus name amen
0: amen thank you dennis thank you everyone you have officially been equipped and enabled again now go and make disciples have a good evening amen.